Hi, this is Sam. And before we begin the show, we just wanted to announce again that we have a brand new spinoff podcast that's launching on March 31st. It's called Kaboom, and it's the new home of the original family-friendly audio drama adventures we've been bringing to you here on the Appleseed. Search for Kaboom, K-A-B-O-O-M, on your favorite podcast app, and you can listen to the trailer and subscribe now so you won't miss an episode. And now, here's the show. On today's episode... This is when it became serious business. And it was time for the secret move. Dr. Marbury, can I take y'all's picture? Y'all are so cute. Look at y'all so cute. Y'all are so cute. All kinds of tales. From all kinds of tellers. Here on the Appleseed. It's time for the Appleseed. In each episode of the show, we bring you a couple of stories from favorite storytellers. And the stories will entertain and inspire you. They'll get you thinking. And they may even help your family tell your own stories. I'm Sam Payne, your host. And first up today, we've got West Virginia storyteller Adam Booth with a story that's sure to send you right back to that feeling of freedom you had as a child when you went gliding around the roller skating rink. If you were ever the smallest kid in class, this is a story for you. Or if you were ever dying to finally win something for once in your life, this is a story for you. Or if you can merely appreciate the simple pleasure of biting into a crisp, cool dill pickle, this is a story for you. Here's Adam Booth with the story Rollerama, recorded live in the Appleseed Studio. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. This first story I want to tell you is actually the story of the first time I ever won anything in my whole life. I was a little boy, and I was a little boy. <laughs> I didn't grow till I was in high school, and I was the smallest kid in the class. I was the smallest kid in the neighborhood, and that's not good for winning things in a neighborhood that was based in athletics and tag and hide-and-go-seek and baseball. So I really didn't win much growing up. Now, just behind my house and all the houses in my neighborhood, there was a long railroad track that went that way and that way to Kentucky and deeper to the capital. And on the other side of the railroad track and down about a block and a half was Rollerama our neighborhood roller skating rink. We love to go to Rollerama. I mean, what kid didn't? The best was when one of your friends had a birthday party there. But outside of that, I didn't get to go to Rollerama very much because I grew up in a family that was very poor. When I was very young, my dad was in a catastrophic accident and couldn't work, and my mom became his caretaker for many years. And so we didn't get to go over to Rollerama, but once in a blue moon. Every now and then, Mom could manage to save up enough money for me to go across that railroad track and down there on Tuesday nights. And it was Tuesday night because Tuesday was a discount night. You got in for a dollar. And she could save that dollar, and it was always in coins. Drop it in my hand, and I'd go out the back door and across the tracks and down that block and a half and roll a Rama. Other than the big sign that looked like a skate, it just looked like almost an abandoned warehouse. 
there was a plate glass window right there on the front with a semicircle cut out, and I'd reach up and put my money down there. Now, this is no exaggeration. I was small. <laughs> I had to reach up and put my money down like that. Sometimes I had to scrape it off with that sweat glue that was there. <laughs> and the man that owned it was on the other side. He was tall and had a big nose and a mustache and was bald. And he would give you a ticket to go in. I grabbed my ticket and going through the door and there was a long hallway that was dark. It was actually kind of dank. And there was at the very end one light bulb that hung from a wire just kind of flickered, seemed to rock back and forth. And no kid wanted to be in there. There was fun inside. So we'd run to the end and there were Texas double doors right there. Bam, we'd hit them like that. They would swing open like that, welcoming you in to Rollerama. Come on in. And the first place you went into was called the Lacing Lobby. It was like a secular church. There were long wooden pews there for all the kids to sit down on, and there was a shelf under each one of those pews, but instead of a hymnal, it's where your shoes went for storage. And all the kids were putting on their skates, and most of them were rental skates. Over there was a counter where you got your rental skates, which was included on Tuesday nights in that $1. The same tall, bald man was back there, and you'd go over and tell him what size, and he'd skate around and find him out of a crate. And he was so tall, he'd have to bend over double just to hand him down to you. <laughs> At least it seemed like to me. Over on that side was the concession counter. It was clean and white, and there was a little window down here where they had rowed up lines of, well, I guess lined up rows of, depends on how you want to say it. They rowed up lines of candy bars. They lined up rows of them. Where I come from, it's both. There were rows of candy bars lined up right there, and we just drooled over them. You could smell pizza cooking. It was the kind of pizza that you only get in a roller skating rink where it's 90% grease <laughs> and a sheet of wax paper that's orange already by the time you get it. <laughs> and there on the corner of the concession counter was a crystal clear barrel-shaped glass jar filled with kosher dill pickles. And I love kosher dill pickles. You? <laughs> yeah, I saw that right there. But I could never afford anything from over there. Remember, I just had that dollar to get in. So I get my skates and sit down on that pew right there, and all my friends were already out on the rink, and I have to lace up. Now, this was in the 1980s, and where I grew up, our roller skates were carried over from the 1970s. So they came all the way up to your knee. <laughs> And there were rental skates, so the laces came out this far from them, and they were frayed at the ends. You have to lick your fingers and twist them like that so that you could lace yourself into these skates. And it took seemingly an hour to do it. <laughs> and once you were done, there was still that much lace left over. You'd have to wrap it around your leg and make big bunny ears and then go to the next one. And everybody was out there saying, come on, hurry up. And I was hurrying, but it was frayed. And finally got laced in there and I could step away from the lacing lobby out onto those worn wooden boards of the rink. And as soon as I took that first push, <laughs> oh, I was free. And I was small, and I was fast. 
speed skating past everybody. Now, hanging down from the ceiling of Rollerama was this great big white board. It was about that big, and it was about that thick, and it was divided into nine different rectangles. And each rectangle had words painted on them, and there was a light bulb inside each one. And one at a time, those light bulbs would turn on and stay on to tell you what was happening out on the rink. And usually this one was turned on, and it said, All Skate. When I was out there, speeding past everybody, it was great until it turned off. And this one turned on, and it was terrible. It said, Couples Only. I was never out there, especially in elementary school. Sometimes, even worse, that one would turn off and the little sign down here in the corner would turn on and it said, Ladies' Choice, where the girl got to pick who she wanted to skate with. And I can tell you from experience, none of them wanted to skate with the smallest boy. But sometimes that one would turn off and this one over here would turn on. And it was the best. When that word lit up, all the other lights and Rollerama would dim down to complete darkness. And they would switch on a spotlight that would cast a beam of light right out to the center. And somehow, appearing out of nowhere up in the ceiling, a disco ball would slowly lower down. And that light would dance off of it, reflecting on every bit of the roller skating rink. And the music would start to play. Bum, 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 ba-dum, ba-dum. Bum, 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 ba-dum, ba-dum. And that tall, bald man with the mustache would skate out to the center of the ring. Bum, 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 ba-dum, ba-dum. Bum, 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 ba-dum, ba-dum. Carrying poles with pegs that went up the sides. Bum, 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 ba-dum, ba-dum. Bum, ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. And they would put a bar across the very top. Bum, 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 ba-dum, ba-dum. And you know what it was time for? Limbo. Yeah, the limbo. And behind that apparatus, every kid in Rollerama was lined up. At the very end was me, smallest of them all. (laughs) We were all lined up because if you won this game, your prize was a coupon for anything you wanted over there at the concession counter. And standing behind everybody, smaller than everybody, I could look past every single one of them. I could see past those poles with the pegs, past the worn wooden boards, through the lacing lobby, right there to the corner of the concession counter where there was that crystal clear barrel-shaped jar of my prize. Round one. Bum, 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 ba-dum, ba-dum. Bum ba dum ba dum ba dum, 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 and then it was my turn. Bum bum. I was small. Bum ba dum ba dum, dun da dun da dun da da, and then there were twelve kids left. They moved it down a little bit lower. Round two. Bum bum dum ba dum ba dum, bum ba dum ba dum ba dum, dun da dun da dun da dun, dun da dum ba dum ba dum, dee da dee da dee da dee. 
and I was a show-off. <laughs> bum, bum. Then there were eight kids left. Round three, a little bit lower. And then there were two kids left. This is when it became serious business. I was first up, and they moved that pole so far down, it looked like it was barely an inch off of the rink. And it was time for the secret move. Which, if you grew up roller skating, you know what the secret move is for the limbo. But if you didn't, let me tell you. You take your ear, and you glue it to your shoulder with invisible glue. And then you do a half a split in the other direction, like this. And then you take your elbow and rest it right there on your knee. And then take your other hand and you reach down below that left skate. This is the 80s, before we had inline skates. And so they were four square and there was room to get your hand between the sole and the wheels. So ear here, split this way, elbow on your knee, reach down below. It looked like that. I'm coming back up so you can see me. And then you take the deepest breath possible. And you exhale behind you for propulsion. And there I was going towards that. I was the first one up of the last two. Moving closer and closer. This is it. I could still see over it. I ducked down even further like this. I was running out of air. I was right there. I was about to go under. And right as I did, I know. <laughs> I docked it right off of those poles with my head. I stood up and skated off of the rink and collapsed on one of those wooden benches and turned just in time to see Claire Penson skate under that bar. She won. <sighs> I was that close <laughs> to finally winning. And then I heard her voice over my shoulder, hey, nice move out there. Like I wanted to talk to her. <laughs> she just beat me. Thanks. Look back down to my feet. But then her arm came over my shoulder and she took my hand and said, come on. And she lifted me up and pulled me across that lacing lobby to the concession counter. And she reached into her pocket and got that coupon she just won and reached it way up. See, Claire was the smallest girl in our school. And she put the coupon and she said, one of those, please. I opened that glass jar and handed her that pickle. And she took her little hands and snapped it right in half. She shoved it into my hand and said, that's for you. We stood there and ate those halves of a cool, crisp, <laughs> crunchy, are you tasting it? <laughs> C 
kosher dill pickle. It sounds like that when you bite into it. <laughs> we made faces at each other, eating that pickle, until finally someone said, hey, look. And we looked, and that big board, the light turned off over here. It said, all skate. And the one over here turned on that said, couples only. <laughs> and she grabbed my hand and said, come on, let's go. And she pulled me out there onto the rink and we skated around and around. The two smallest kids, faster and faster and faster. And that was the first time that I ever won anything <laughs> in my whole life. Adam Booth with Rollerama, a story recorded live in the Appleseed studio before our terrific studio audience. And I'll tell you, that story takes me back to the old roller rink in the center of my town where I'd go with my fourth grade pals wearing my red, white, and blue Thunderball roller skates, a Christmas gift from my grandma. How about you? Do you have any memories of lacing up your skates at the local roller rink? If you do, we hope you share those memories with the people you love next time you're around the dinner table or the living room. Stories have this wonderful way of sprouting like seeds and growing as the stories bring up thoughts that grow into conversations. Maybe that's why we call the show The Apple Seed. In a moment, we'll have a story from Andy Offit Irwin about his irrepressible Aunt Marguerite. That's coming up on The Appleseed. I'm Sam Payne. It's such a pleasure for me to be with you on the apple seed today. We got one more story for you. It's from the Georgia storyteller Andy Offit Irwin, who has created a wonderful storytelling world around his fictional Aunt Marguerite. She, along with her friends and family, populate the world of Andy's stories. And those stories are filled with a lot of humor and heart. And here's the swing in the park, recorded live in the Apple Seed Studio. Thank you so much. My Aunt Marguerite, uh, she would kidnap my son, Liam, when, when he was a little boy. She'd Liam and I are going to go do something. And I'd say, okay, be careful. And she would just, they would go and do things together. And when he was around five, it was so exciting, he wanted to show her that he could pump the swing. Now, Marguerite uh, drives a 1968 Plymouth Fury um, and she puts, uh, she, what she's done is she's found this really hard pillow and then she has those taxi driver wooden beads that she puts on the seat because she likes to be as flat as possible and still have a little air. She doesn't, I don't like cold. I tried to sit in a new car once and they had those little cushions to keep you in front of the steering wheel. If I don't know where the steering wheel is, I'll not drive. And it hurts my hip because I have a bad hip in between the joints there. Anything that touches between the edge of the hip, right, that's too many details. But I know I'm going to get me. If I last long enough, I'm about to get a store-bought hip. 
So she likes that, that hard surface. And this particular time, she and Liam's, Liam said, I want to go to the park because he could now pump the swing by himself. Now, this is an old, old swing set. This is galvanized steel. The bolts are exposed. There's no shredded tires under it or anything like this. This was put up before people cared what happened to children. <laughs> And that's been up there since the 40s. And in the old days, the swings hung from a chain, and the swing itself was made of a material called wood. <laughs> but that's not what it was. And Lee wanted to show me he could swing, and they made it to the park. They walked our little park. It's right there. They used to have a slide. Now they have a warning at the slide. No kidding. Caution, slide hot in the sun. I no lie, you know. He said, oh, I was so hot because it was in the sun. And so <laughs> he said, show, show me you can swing. And Shirley was there. Now, Shirley's the secretary at the Methodist Church, and she has an iPhone, and she likes to take pictures of people. And if you take a picture of something cute, they'll put it in the newspaper, our little paper, the Covington News, put it right across from the church ads. And it says, sweet scenes from Covington. And it's usually children doing something cute and families doing something cute. And that's fine, but... Miss, you know, there's, there's Shirley goes, Dr. Marguerite, can I take y'all's picture? Y'all are so cute. Look at y'all so cute. Y'all are so cute. <laughs> Marguerite hates to have her picture taken. She can remember her grandmother saying, a lady has a picture of the paper three times. When she's born, when she gets married, and when she dies, and only one time can she read it. <laughs> Those names and fools' faces are found in public places. You know that one, don't you, Mr. Clive? So, so she, she, no, I don't want you to take my picture. Liam, show me how you can swing. And he started to swing. He started to swing. He could do it. And she, I'm so proud of you. You want me to push it? No, no. I want you to swing. Swing with me. Swing with me. Swing with me. Swing with me. And then he turned up the wine meter. There's a little knob right there, right? <laughs> Please! And all grown-ups eventually want to shut him up, you know, and... <laughs> So she thought, well, if I put my legs right just behind my knees, I can get on this. It's just a swing. Yeah, you know what I'm talking It's rubber. It's an inch thick. It's eight inches wide. They found these in the basement of a 16th century Spanish church. <laughs> I'm glad you're here, Sean. <laughs> and I sat down in it and and, and she was told later that the sound she made sounded like a Tibetan monk. She went, whoa. And that hip was like, and she couldn't, I couldn't put my feet down. I couldn't move. I couldn't get out. Liam started to, to yell. Shirley had to call the 911 on her camera. And the sirens and everybody in our town, all the amazing, the police and the ambulance and the fire, they all come, they had something to do. And I couldn't, they had to cut me out with the jaws of life. <laughs> and that night she, she, she went to bed. She had written herself a prescription for Loratab. She likes to sleep with the window open. It was summer. And my Uncle Charles sometimes will come to her from beyond. And she knows it's him because it's always something she would never think of on her own. And it's often inappropriate. <laughs> and right, she was reading 
she's rereading all her favorite books from all these years, and she was rereading God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater by Kurt Vonnegut. And right at that magical time when sleep overcomes and the book fell to her chest, she heard Charles, even through the noise through the windows, My Uncle Charles said, Darling, that swing in the park's a butt squeezer. It's like trying to sit in a tweezer. Next time say no, it'll hurt your popo, and that's because you're an old geezer. Marguerite said, You old dead fool. A geezer is a man, a bitter is a woman, and that was uncalled for. That was Andy Offit Irwin with The Swing in the Park. Thanks for joining us today on The Appleseed. And thanks to Adam Booth and Andy Offit Irwin for sharing their stories. Listening to these stories always brings up memories for me that I love to share. Where did the stories today take you? And who will you take along? Our episode today was produced by Brian Tanner and Heather Bigley. Our audio engineer is Carly Wilson. Trent Horton, Natalia Reeve, Hannah Harlan, and Evie Hendricks make up the rest of the Appleseed team. If you want to send us a note, you can email us at theappleseed at byu.edu. That's theappleseed at byu.edu. We love to hear from you. Or if you're listening through a podcast app, rate us and leave us a little review. It helps people find the show. We're pleased and proud to be among the many shows in the BYU Radio family of programs. And you can find this episode or any episode from our archive on the BYU Radio app at byuradio.org slash Appleseed or by Googling the Appleseed podcast. I'm Sam Payne, and I can't wait to be with you again on the Appleseed. Appleseed.